Hello and welcome into Limited Time Only, brought to you by SoRare Data. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdino on SoRare, joined on time by Keith Jamison, Gator Guy 231, at least starting in the minute that we said we would start. Keith, how goes it? You had to stop the trollers, the late Dino trollers. As JVIC said, the not-so-late Eno today, which um, <laughs> is a good one. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, we, I'm really excited about this show because we're changing everything. And not to say that I didn't like what we did previously. But I, I think that the way that this show was running, we were basically having similar conversations to what we talk about kind of on the strategy show, except for like, hey, but we're going to just talk about limiteds in those strategies, which are not, it's not like this, these strategies did not apply to limiteds or whatnot, but like, it just felt like we were recycling content. And while we had like a different view on it, it just wasn't that exciting. And so we're here to, to get excited. Um, let's see, what is this? FF. Thinker, oh, Sean. Sean Thorpe, first time catching live. Thank God the host hasn't changed. A feast for the eyes and ears. Oh, thank you very much. Unless it's probably just Keith you're talking about. But anyway, the I have to give credit to Nepenthes for a bit of a change of what we're doing here. And it was based basically on a conversation I was having with him on a whole lot of things. But ultimately it came down to like, you guys should just do what you talk about. And... He's right. It was as simple as that. Uh, so what we're going to do is, at least on this show, we're going to talk about trading versus SO5 lineup priority. Because I think when people are starting out, or not even starting out, whenever people want to play, they were like, oh, should I just trade SO5? Is one better than the other? Not to say you can't do both. But I feel like we always have this kind of running thing in the back. Like, well, if you really just want to make the most ROI in SoRare, you should just trade. And we're like, well, that's not fun. You should really play SO5 because, you know, rewards are fun and all this stuff. And we're just going to find out. We're going to do it. And we are going to kind of do this together while also doing it separately to make sure that we follow all the rules. Um, rules that we have not established, I should say. We are not going to bypass list or play, but that would be fun. But really what we're going to do is we're going to talk about both SO5 strategies and trading strategies on this show every week. But it's going to be ones that we are actually working through. And so one of us is going to be a trader. One of us is going to be the SO5 guy. And again, we're, we'll work together in terms of strategies and stuff like that. So it's not like it's just, we're not competing against each other. We're hopefully both we're both going to be successful doing this. But each week, we're going to kind of discuss some strategies, implement those strategies in our limited galleries, and then see what happens. Keith, is this a good idea? Uh, it, it potentially is a horrible idea, but I, I told you, um, I'm always excited to come on and talk so rare, like departure from normal business life for me. So this is kind of like a uh, an hour off of the work week. And um, yeah, I'm actually like extra excited because it could be a crash and burn, especially like I'll just jump into like on the uh, the trading side as I was like 
started this morning. I'm like, I'm just going to play around and look around at some stuff. And realizing that that 5% is a big deal. Uh, that wasn't there like when I passed, when I did a lot of trading in the past. Um, so like as you're like computing, trying to figure out, okay, I have to build in that I can at least make 5% on this card or I'm going to take an L. Um, and that's really like difficult when you're a lot lower too. Like I, mm-hmm. I notice that more when it's, you know, a $5 card, you know, maybe you can make 550 and it's like, that's, there's not a lot of margin there. Like that the risk reward doesn't really add up. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm really interested. Like, I, I think we're going to take some else, especially in the trade, like both sides. Actually, we're going to take some, uh, shoot, we, we should probably probably bring up that lineup that you wrecked <laughs> <laughs> with that Marcelo pick. Um, but, you know, we're going to have SO5 losses. We're going to have trading losses, but hopefully some big ones too. So I'm excited. Yes. Uh, hopefully more wins than losses. We'll, uh, we'll... Hopefully more DNPs on... Uh... <laughs> I, I will say this. I will say this. I, I tease you. But I told you, like, what was it? Like, lock night, I started having big concerns when I went to go get him. I'm like, all right, he wasn't in the squad midweek. He left 89th in minute injury, which sometimes is never an injury at all. It's just, you know, a cramp. And they're gone. Um and then we found an article that said he's supposed to be back and he actually crushes and they won one nothing he's on all sets they didn't score till late i'm pretty sure he would absolutely smash and we probably would have kind of come up with a t4 or t3 um and there but you know it's so we got a zero yeah it was disappointing and probably not a risk we should have taken like it's as simple as that the not to say that like this is the only time we can use this lineup. We can run it back. Right. But everything kind of lined up well what for this the- lineup, which is why we played it. And so the yeah, the zero is that's tough to come back. Where were you? 50 51 yeah, points away from a tier what five. Were we from like a tier f- what were we from like a tier four or tier three? Any any actual chances at those? 68 a, points from a tier four, 90 from a tier three. So that, even a tier three would I have mean, been a bit tough. I mean, one yeah. decisive and, and a clean sheet usually isn't enough to get like a great reward. Right. But so let's see who. Oh, yeah, I mean, look at, look at Barbosa. 72 and, would have been Mar, uh, and Marcelo. Mar- and Marcelo would have been on sets. Barbosa, right. I don't believe would have been. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Tuggy, he told me this this morning. Tuggy wants a shout out. So Tuggy's going to get a backhanded shout out. Um, <laughs> so Tuggy watches the show and he DMs us. He goes, you know, I, I think I'm going to do it, but I'm just going to stack the U because Tuggy is a longtime Universitario stand. And so it was a great matchup. Hence why you we heard that right, Polo. by the way. <laughs> he is uh, I, I didn't say anything wrong stand. there, right? I didn't say anything wrong. But... Um, so if you didn't see the game, Universitario actually went up a man like 10 minutes in. Tuggy did do a stack, had Polo, had the goal, he had defender. And he also, instead of taking a guy that he shouted out here, Urena, who ended up getting an assist, he took Alex Valera, who's actually a very good striker, and I think set the Opta record for the most big chances missed in one 90-minute game. So... Yeah, your Urania had 
<laughs> he didn't even know he had 100. He yeah, he had 100, know. 45 all around uh, by doing basically absolutely everything on the pitch. And yeah, Varela ended on a 14.4 thanks to his <laughs> six big chances missed. Like that's Nine not even 30. six chances. That is six big chances. Big. And then literally a 30-point <laughs> hit. Um, which, I mean, otherwise... as, as Crazy as it sounds, otherwise, like nine shots on target, a little bit of uh, possession, no defensive work, obviously, but that's a tough one to to stomach so, there. But. So, and and we'll, we'll we'll end this section in typical Sean fashion, and we'll say rip the tugs. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to other side. It's a tough one. Yeah. So what we're gonna do is try to avoid those situations. But anyway, um, what. The goal of this show, basically from now on, is each week we're going to talk about what we think will help this gallery grow, whether it's the trading gallery or the SO5 gallery. And again, like nobody's stopping anybody from doing this in their own gallery together. But we just thought accounting wise, it's a little easier to be like, we traded this and all of that. We'll probably need a spreadsheet anyway. But we want to see how good we could be in SO5 playing limiteds uh, and how much we can trade. And I don't, we're not setting a specific uh, budget for this. We kind of, we're just going to go for it. I, I'm not saying, I'm not I, financial I, advice, but I don't think we need to kind of handcuff ourselves to this is exactly how much we have to spend. And we're going to be, you're going to be able to see everything that we do. So you can tell if like, oh, that's, more than I want to spend. I actually want to spend more than right. that. And we'll just kind of go through those strategies. I will say this, and I think I'm safe there. Neither one of us are bringing in Mbappe unless we win one. Um, you can't win one now. You know, I'm not, I'm not planning it personally. I don't know about you. I'm not planning on any Mbappe, Kimmich. That, like, that's not really the style I want to take on this. You know, I kind of want to do a little bit of a grind, a little bit of a off the beaten path, so to speak. Yeah, um, so... That is at least the important thing that we want to emphasize that we are not just going to go out and buy all of the best players we can. We're going to try to take the tools available to us from server data and use them that to find players that maybe some people aren't thinking of, people don't know about them, ones that we think that may be undervalued but can still succeed in the game uh, or can just become more valuable later on. They're obviously... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say you actually gave a big segue and I don't know if you actually meant to, but if somebody else wants to use server data tools. <laughs> I was not going to segue there, but thank you for that, Keith. So I tweeted this in case you didn't see it. We are going to do a giveaway every show except this one because, it'll, and I'll explain why, but every week we are going to give away one free month star membership to somebody watching. And I realized that this show, because it's based on limited cards, it's a lower budget than people who are playing super rares and uniques who may watch some of our other content or anything that uh, you guys watch. And so we just want to be able to show off what memberships allow you to do on so rare data because everything that we show on the screen, like I am a star member. So everything that I show is available for star members. And so, like I said, every week we're going to give away a, a free one month star membership to whoever wins. 
And so basically what we're going to do is announce what you have to do in this show, like today. And then next week we'll show the, we'll say a winner. And then next week we'll also just do another, this is what you need to do. Classic giveaway stuff, guys. But I'll probably mention this a few times in the show. If you are listening to the audio version of this show, or you happen to be watching it on Spotify, the way that you have to enter this week is on YouTube. So you'll have to go over to the Sorer Data YouTube channel. But basically, if you could just comment in the video what your favorite Sorer Data tool is. And then everyone who comments, you only get, everyone gets one entry. It's not like five comments get five entries. But uh, And then we'll run basically a raffle draw next week. We'll do it on the show. And we'll see who wins. And we'll do that every week so that more and more people can at least get uh, more access to see what Sorer Data has to offer. So again, to enter this week, just leave a comment in the video, not in the live chat, just so there's no confusion, not in the live chat, in the <laughs> comments below, just your favorite Sorer Data tool and um, that will enter you, it's as simple as that. So Keith. Let's go. There are tons of strategies in terms of SO5 of like where we think the we should go, but I don't want to talk about that yet. I want to talk about trading because yes, you, <laughs> you started off on so rare trading and the, what did you, how did you phrase it then when you started to look back on it, like thinking of it again? Oh God, I, I, I had to look through our DMs and I'm not gonna remember, but I was like- It, it almost sounded like you, you were like, I'm back in the in the dark arts you, or something like that. No, I, I was gonna say like this this dark rabbit hole that I had closed is reopened. <laughs> yeah, something like that, yeah. Like, and, so, and you know the great, go ahead, I'm sorry. I'll let you- Well, I, I just remember like early on and we knew each other before So Rare. So it's like, we have basically been talking your entire time on So Rare. This is different than us like meeting on So Rare, but like you came in trading, like I'm going to buy this guy for $5. Yeah. I'm going to sell him for eight. And I'm just going to keep doing that over and over again. And then you started playing SO5 and you were like, oh, this is really fun too. And admittedly, it's difficult to do both to like, because yeah. I, well, let me rephrase. I think it's difficult to do both at the frequency you were trying to trade back then. And yeah, so sure. you have to choose. I mean, plenty of people have have figured out how to get 30 hours out of a day. I haven't yet. Um, but when it comes to trading, like there are all these different strategies you can, you know, you can buy backup goalies and wait two years, or you can buy guys, you know, you see someone get hurt and you like immediately buy the backups or you buy players who are currently injured and they want to go back, you know, and they're coming back soon. So like, is there a single or, or yeah, is there like a single um, category that you think may be most effective for our exercises here? I think I'm trying to figure that out, to be honest with you, because I think uh, a ton has changed. Like, so the coolest thing about you opening the rabbit hole is I found my old uh, uh, Google Sheets. and I, I sent you some excerpts. By the way, the single most painful excerpt I found, you know the first card I ever bought on server is? I think you might know this now. I will, tell, I will tell you this. He was a top 10 player on the entire platform last year. Last year, not... And I, I was going to say like Morioka. No, no, no. Uh, he got a bad transfer. I, I'll just say it. it was Grimaldo. My first oh. ever... Because he was a DFS legend. Like, we didn't get yeah. to play Benefica very often. But when you did, I still can think of a um, good friend of 
both of ours, Luis Pacheco would always be like, I love that Grimaldo, sweet left foot. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I started watching him and uh, I flipped him for like uh, the equivalent of like 40 bucks. I had put a hundred bucks into the, or like a, I think it was, I think my first transaction was like 250 bucks in the platform and traded him for $40 profit and then just kept on rolling. And the worst part about that time and like why so much has changed, you would have to like wait almost a day sometimes for your transfer to be complete. Yes. And then another day to get the ETH because all this, you know, if anybody ever wants like a, a technical side of all of this, your pod with Jimmer and Black, I like learned more about the blockchain <laughs> and, that, and that show than I had known. But um, yeah, so that, like, that was a weird time. And that was also a time that it was early. Um, you know, I, I, I like looking back at that stuff, there was a lot more of a, a margin for error to make mistakes on cards mm -hmm. um, and like make buys that you shouldn't have made and you still got money out of it. Like half the guys I flipped at the beginning, I don't even know who they are anymore. Like outside of me, like what's a Steve DeRitter? And then I have a, I have a, I have a Graven Birch, but not that Graven Birch. Hmm. The other it's one. It's like buying the other time. Other... <laughs> right, right. Actually, no, that guy actually is half decent. Like Dario Tots. Dario, yeah. Yeah. But, um, so I'm like looking all through all this stuff and, um, I really don't. I think right now the best way to trade, like I, I, so I bought like 14 cards. I told you, you opened, you like let an addict out and I'm like, Oh, I remember how much fun this was. And, um, I, I own like four Diego Rossi's right now. Um, because the, the transfer rumors and I, I, I fist pumped as you were going cause one just sold. It was like the first flip of this exercise. Uh, well, it's funny. Two bucks. Glenn here is saying that he almost bought yours, but he had to save 12 cents on the guy who listed it cheaper. So RIP. I got undercut. It's okay. It's okay. I, I should say this too, because this like the, the darkest part um, I found is, so when me and you would like just buy limiteds for this show or like even last week, I'm just like, whatever is those on the market, buy now. I'm not going to fight with somebody over a buck. And now I'm like, for the reason of now. this and tracking, I got to fight over a buck because that buck might be the 5% that I have to give up to so rare um, when I go to sell it on that side. Right. So if any, anybody watches and you get like a bad offer from Laird or I, and we counter you back and you're like, what a jerk, just accept. It's part of the process. We, we we're, we're sorry. We appreciate you watching and we're not trying to be a jerk. But we have we have to win. <laughs> but yeah, we right. We've got uh, we've got bills to pay. No, like, I, think... I felt so bad. I was countering. Sorry, sorry. I was gonna say I was countering with the guy, one guy, and it was like such a cheapish card, and we're like sixty cents apart. And I sent him a counter. I'm like, ah, I'm one of those. I think the the one that got me, I remember, is when Sean PSU fans two bought his limiteds. He bought like a hundred and fifty limiteds on one day. Like he was just like, okay, click crazy. buy, click buy. And I was like, are you really not offering for any of these? You're just buying. But as we've learned, like the limited market is liquid enough where the floor price is usually close enough to the to the recent values that like it just makes usually makes sense. And not to say there isn't like undercutting or what now, but there is a there is a bit of help with that in terms of you don't always need to just offer like sometimes 
just the price is the price and that's what it is. Right. So we'll see what, what happens, where that takes us in the future because we will be undercutting people anyway. But <laughs> what is the, so you bought a, a few Diego Rossi's cause you were like, he is supposed to transfer to MLS. It sounds like he could replace Lucas El Rayon in Columbus, at yeah. least in terms of a roster spot. And it was really cheap. We know what he did in MLS. So I, I think that's the one thing about trading is at least from uh, my perspective is I, I still think that having a little bit of requisite knowledge of like the players and what they may end up um, being able to project to is big because like, that's what I was talking about. The market is just very different. You would get a year and a half ago or two years ago, you would get a transfer rumor and you would get this middle finger right away. It doesn't matter if it was a good move or not. Like, you know, there would be all these times I can remember us like in chats going, why do people think this is a good move? The guy's gone to die. So you would see the shoot up and then you would see the, I think, you know, they probably like showed it off on Twitter or showed it off to friends. And they're like, dude, that was a terrible move. Then you go, oh, crap. And then it spirals down. <laughs> I feel like we don't get that up down anymore. It's unless, it, you know, it's a, this and then the move falls apart. Then you'll see the, the track back down. Um, but I think the majority of the user base or people doing this or that are reacting that fast know if it's a good or bad thing. So I think that yeah. that's one, one deal to know right away. And you can see that other middle finger there is when the Atlanta rumors had heated up. So that's what I was just about to, to bring up. So like, obviously there was not much going on. Rossi's not even like a regular starter uh, for uh, Fenerbahce. So like, and then the introduction of Tadic, like it just didn't seem like he was going to stick around. And then, yeah, there was this talk that Atlanta was looking at him. I think Atlanta has his uh, discover discovery, discovery rights. rights or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's where you see this like this area where it shoots up and then nothing really happened. And everyone was like, oh, maybe he's staying. And so the price comes back down and then it comes out today that maybe Columbus is interested. And it looks like it actually spikes twice. Like we have it's kind of a very interesting like initial so, one can, and then a break and then another one that went. Can out. I tell you why? Can I Please. tell you why somebody was yeah, watching? Yeah. This, it's such a weird day. I actually had a light day. So I was like, this is a good time for me to start. So the first one was um, there was like a European um, reporter guy that I have alert set up for. And he, he unloads that news and you saw that. But in the MLS, there's one source that everybody trusts and it's Tom Bogart. So when he yeah. submits something, that's so Tom Bogart sent one about an hour later. And that I'm pretty sure that's the second wave was Bogart buys. Cause that's when I did the first one, I, I think I missed a little bit. Um, I didn't, I was probably in between here um, on the, the buys. And then all of a sudden Bogart's tweet came out and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I can go ahead and list one of these now and lock in a little bit of a win because right. I saw the price starting to shoot up. Um, I'm just going to. And I actually, fun, funny enough, funny enough, I think there might be a third middle finger on Rossi coming because um, Bogarts is it's not done yet. Right. Um, and I think he's personally, I think he's like a $20 card um, if he lands in Columbus and he's still not quite there. So I was going to say, what was the, so he's around 15. I will piggyback on that, that the, uh, that there's always an additional spike. I don't even, maybe not even a spike, but there's an, an additional hump when things get, become official, like yep. the the middle fingers that we see, well, not even the middle fingers, but this, it, the quick 
spikes are the people who are, are on the news and like, oh, wow, and they buy. And then when it becomes official, that that's when more people know about it. And then they're just like, oh, yeah, I'll buy into that. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take that. While we're here, Bogart also uh, has one about your boy, Brian Acosta, who is now going to okay. Timbers. I was terrified that was going to be a Saudi rumor that I missed. <laughs> no, and Diego Fagundes going to LA Galaxy. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that won't do any good for him. Um, yeah. And then Arena. Yeah. So 36 hours left in the summer transfer window. We're now down to 35 minutes. So you should probably see some more of these, uh, more of these moves happening. To go yeah, back and, to and a just, question, um, Blue Tomatoes said, what are discover, discovery rights? ZM Star with the perfect description. It's basically calling dibs. Pretty much. Like, yeah. And the MOS is the worst league. <laughs> for this stuff ever like tam gam dp young dp all this stuff like do yourself a favor like try not to don't worry too much about it um for the sake of so rare yeah joe juicy was saying they were talking about bogart on deke's uh, stream last night saying he was the mls fabrizio romano which i think is a decent a decent one i'll say one thing though that i appreciate about bogart's tweets and things like that is Fabricio definitely seems like he likes to chum the waters, like on certain guys that he knows is going to get clicks. Like how many Gavardial um, updates have we gotten? And Bogart is more of like, this is about to happen. And then one more, there it is. You're welcome. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. Like we don't get as much like clickbait stuff from him. He also has a grade A mustache. So props oh, to him for that. Bogart's great. Bogart's great. And so, he's been great. Uh, hold on, I just want to say one more thing on Bogart. He's actually been great to the Sober community too. Like he's jumped on some shows yes. and he's like answered questions. Like, so you know, props to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I feel like we're gonna end up going an entire hour on trading, which yeah, we'll we'll split it up. I, can we do one more thing just on strategies for the I'm, trading? I'm not remotely close to done on trading. I'm not ending a sir. I'm just <laughs> warning everybody that we might not get into the SO5 stuff. Uh, well, we've done a lot of SO5 stuff. So, I mean, that's that's the plus. Last show was mostly pick scores and things like that, which is what we're going to really use to pick our teams going for forward sure. to. Yes. Uh, so the before I get into that point, just a reminder to everyone, if you missed it or you came in late, we are having a competition where uh, the winner will win a free month star subscription to Sorer Data just in the comments below, not in the live chat, in the comments of the video on YouTube. Just write in your favorite Sora Data feature, and that alone will enter you into the into the uh, raffle, and we'll pull it uh, next on next week's show. Oh, I'm out next week. Oh, I'll I'll think of something. We'll we'll double we'll up. We'll double up. We'll, double we'll figure up, it out. Maybe. Don't we'll worry see. about it. All right. Um, so so there's that. So Rose, uh, Diego Rossi, you were like, I bought a few, and I see here here you are about two hours ago, mm-hmm. and Obviously, you can see that a few other people. I did again. There's another one. There's another. I did another one on the Bogart one. You I did. did two, just speculating, and then I felt a little bit better. I'm like, ah, oh, let me just get one more before this price goes up. Okay, perfect. Is the how viable is the is the strategy of news hits? Let me buy five or ten of these guys. Um, not that great. Uh, let me tell you why. So, um. The if anybody if anybody wants like it's really old um one of the, the first solar data shows I was on but 
we talked about my first ever strategy, which was night and season. Um, and that was before limiteds. I'm not going to go down the whole story, but anyhow, um, what you'll find out is if you have too much of one player, it's actually really hard to offload. Um, unless like you have a lot of margin, like you can't list, especially in limited world. It was a little bit easier and rare, except for yeah. everybody that brought bought Brad Knight in at that time, bought him to flip. Nobody actually bought him to buy. So I think that's the problem with some of these guys. If like, Everybody's like, oh, I'm just going to flip him. If everybody's doing the same thing, competition isn't a great thing. You want to be somewhat on an island. Um, so, you know, everybody seems to be wanting to flip Roftis. That means that the margin is really low. So you've got to, like, list, I think, at, like, a really opportune time. So, like, if you can be ready to go when the next Bogart tweet comes out finalizing it and he's on, you'll probably get a sale. If you're 20, 30 minutes late, and I know that's a small amount of time, but if you're that much late, you might have missed the win- the may have missed the um, the the first uptick wave, and you see it on the chart, you'll see this like little bit of a down swing because that's everybody undercutting each other. Um, to find like you know you have ten sellers to two buyers, it's just going to promote it going down. Um, how many how many so yeah. Rossi limiteds do you think are currently uh, for sale? It's way too many. There was already a lot. That that's the that's the. I should say that that's another thing. Like I almost didn't buy what I did, but I felt good about like the player because he was awesome in the MLS before. So I was like, all right, just 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 my boy, my boy Soder USA, just go ahead and get a little bit of pump out there and we'll be all right. But um yeah, the there was already a ton before the news hit. You want to look at that too. If you see like 40 to 50 of a guy, that's a really flooded market versus some of these guys when I bought them. I only see like seven or eight and that's a good, good market to be in. Cause you always have half those people asking a stupid price that they would never get sold at anyhow. Well, so I'll, I'll bring that up. So there are 40 currently. Yeah, so on way sale. too many. Yeah, the way floor too many. is $12 and 49 cents. The ceiling, if that's even what you call it, is $44 and 81 cents. Like obviously this card is nobody's selling at 44. They're actually two over 40 and they're about, 10 over $20 and then everyone else is kind of in the middle. Did you, did you post yours immediately for sale? No. Um, cause I, I mean, I bought two right away and the price hadn't budged at all. And I'm like, cool. The report isn't like one of the main guys. So I'm just going to wait. And then when Bogarts came out, I went back and checked my phone and I saw, I saw it. The, the, one of the cool things is if you're holding them and ready about to sell, if you start seeing all of the buy nows disappear on like the UX, all of a sudden they just all disappear. And you're like, okay, I got a little bit of a run here. Do I want to list now or do I want to wait? And I went ahead and listed. Immediately got undercut. I sold one more. I'm like, ah, if I get undercut again, then I won't won't be selling at this moment. And uh, I got, I made, to start this endeavor, I made $2.40. So I'm going to look at that. I was, I was looking at this myself and I realized... This is something I should point out to everybody. So if anybody is unaware, if you are on the price graph on Sorer Data, you can just drag a box over a certain number and it'll just expand to those. Um, it works vertically and horizontally. So like this is just so it's clear that's not like zero. But this was your first buy, $9.35. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes, I mean, you can just watch it wherever it is. And there's the one that you sold, $12.67. Yep. So 
it was just funny to hear you talk about this because you were like, I think he's going to be really good. He could, like, this is obviously is a benefit to him. He should be more. But you sell immediately, at least one. Mm -hmm. do you, and there'll be another one you, being sold here soon. You are going to, like, you have another one sold? No, no, I'm, I'm going to wait for the official and then I'm going to sell the other two. I'm not going to hold any of them. Right, so, so we go through. <laughs> He's going to do really well in MLS. He's going to be so much better. I mean, now, like he, he was really good in MLS. I think there was a small part of it, not even a small part. There was a part of it where the fact that he played for like an incredible team. And well, so and the player and the most, and I just want to say this too, Carlos Vela, like what Messi's doing right now, Vela actually did that first in the MLS. Like he was, Vela's first year in the MLS was the most ridiculous season like the league's ever seen. And, Rossi, did Rossi win the Golden Boot? I, I can't recall. Like, he, I thought he, he did. Win it, he he might have been second. He had a lot yeah. of goals. Yeah. So now, granted, we're, you're looking at this now. These are just his starts for LAFC. A 56, 57 average isn't like fantastic. So, like, even though he was like he was very good, it was one of those that was like he may have been better in real life, where he was just like exciting, and like Absolutely. you don't get any extra points for exciting goals. So everybody knew who he was. We knew he was really good. And then when he left, it was like a big deal for MLS because it was like a big transfer, like out of the league. And so he, the idea is now like, hey, he's coming back. He could be great. I'm definitely selling this card. <laughs> I mean, I think that I think that's really important though in like the trading versus SO5 strategies. Like I, I noticed as I've gotten more and more cards in my gallery over the years. If you don't make a decision on a card right away, like a reward, that's the one thing I've seen the most. And I'll like go back after a month. I'm like, why the hell is this dude still in my gallery? Like, I have no desire to play him. I have like, it's not, he's never going to be a guy I even want to make play in cat mode because he stinks. Why is he here? And then, you know, you, you realize that it was in that one moment that you won him. You were trying to make a decision. Oh, I might think his price is going to go up or I think his you know, normally it's up. We only think positively. Right. And so it just gets stuck in your gallery. So I say that to you if you're going to like do trade. I think you need to make a designation right away. This is going to be a sell player. I'm not going to fall in love with this guy. I'm not going to go, oh, I'm just going to squeeze one matchup out of him. Because the you know the matchup that you wanted to squeeze out of him because it was a good matchup is also the one you should have sold him on. Because everybody else thought that was a good matchup too. So we'll we'll get to that because that is another big trading strategy that exactly how you just described it is what will get you in trouble because I mean, we've all gotten cards where this is exactly Glenn nails it here. I'm allergic to holding an ETH balance. I'm not even sure why I bought him. Like there are plenty <laughs> of times where you are, you you're just there at the right time to get a card that could double in the next 20 minutes. And you're like, I'm, I'm going to buy this card. And the reason you buy the card is like a reason to keep the card also. And so then you're like, just as you described, like leading up to the game week, it's a lot of times where we see like a short week, midweek, not a lot of matches and you buy a card because you're like, everybody's going to want this card. And then you're like, but I kind of want this card now. And it's like, you, you really need to stick to your plan if you are trading or else you're going to end up with all of these extra cards and, Tuggy here saying buy two, spend more money. 
it's still not the right, like, I still think that's actually wrong. Like, I don't, because you, you are going to inevitably end up with the card longer than you think the value is there. And then you're just, then the it's worst gone. part, the worst part, I know you have this exact feeling too, is like the longer they sit there, the more you're like, all right, well, I'm just waiting for a specific price. I'm just waiting. And here's like, I just need to offload because I might be waiting here forever. And that ETH could have been used or that those dollars. And I keep saying that the dollars could have been used better somewhere else. Um, can you go to um, uh, Malky's comment 235? I was just about to. Okay, cool. So we're going to go into a couple other strategies. I think this is the one. And right now, if you wanted to start this with us right now, the most viable way to make the most right now, I think, is transfers. Um, that is always like the best trading time, uh, in my opinion. It's like where we can make the most margins because guys can go from being nothings to heroes. Um, they can go to Saudi and be zeros too, right? Um, but you know, I think that there's the most margin to be made. Yeah. So for those listening, Malky was saying this isn't a sustainable trading strategy for most people. You've got to be in the right place at the right time for transfer rumors. Shout out to Malky for being able to get off the computer, by the way. That's a, that's a skill that I think a lot of us would could, uh, could afford to have. But absolutely right. And I think it's the... This is going to sound very strange. I think it's the laziest trading, trading strategy you can do because it's the easiest agree. and it's the quickest. It also... It's literally like, the alert on your phone and you go. Yeah, and it, but it also... you. You need something to happen for an opportunity to come up. It's not a, mm -hmm. it's not waiting for somebody to have a, a midweek where they have an island game and they're like the only U23 goalie on the platform. And you know people want to play U23 and they'll buy that card. It's a great one. Like those things are you are you can plan for. You cannot just plan for. I'm just gonna wait for a transfer rumor and and go for it. Uh, ZM Star, dump all your money into Saudi players and wait for next year. I'm not going to condone it. Joe Ducey said just buy all the Zaylas, which I initially read as zebras. Same and thing. I was like, I don't know what that means. Um, but the, I didn't want to talk about Saudi, but I think there is a reasonable, there's a reasonable expectation that they will be covered after this season. I have no idea if they will be, but it just seems like they're going to be too many players there that people right. will be interested in it's it's not people asking for like the the sweet like <laughs> apologies to uh, the swedish uh, top flight division but like people aren't asking for that but i think they're going to be enough people and and it is people who have lost cards there like it's not because of any other yeah. reason than that but i think there are going to be enough players there where they will have to license some of those teams in order to get those players and I think it's inevitable. I just want to see, but it's just my opinion. I just want to see Nicholas go in there with like a heavy hammer and go, "How much are you going to pay us to license you?" I don't even think you need a heavy hammer for that. They pay everybody for everything, so why I know. I know. I just want him to flip the script. I, I want to. <laughs> yeah, I, they they seemed very firm on the "we're not going to do it this year," meaning this season, yeah. which I think is fine. But Germ said we most certainly are expecting the Swedish top flight. So if you're expecting the Swedish top flight, then you're going to be expecting the Saudi one. Go buy like, some up. Yep. But again, you're not looking at utility. I mean, there are, they have the some teams have the, the Asian Champions League, but you're not looking at full utility until 
basically this time next year. And now, I'll just say, I, I just want to make two comments on that because that is technically like one of the strategies to use too, which is projecting out, projecting out and waiting like on an injury, things like that. But I do think anytime you're thinking about that long, not only are you like having to wait on so rare to get a license to make it happen, but you also have to like endure a lot of market risk in terms of just, you know, what's the limit going to be worth at that time? What's a rare going to be worth? Like, you know, is cash flow going to explode this thing where they're all going up? Are more users going to create a different pressure on the market? Like we really just don't know. Um, So, you know, I, I always get concerned when I'm flipping a flip is not meant to be a year long project. A flip is like a house flipper, right? House flipper doesn't go, I'm going to buy this house in 2023 and sell it in 2030. House flipper goes, I have a three month project and then I want it out. Get it done. And I I think think the same thing on our cards. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's one of the things that you should probably be disciplined about if you're starting to do a trading strategy, which we'll talk about both here and when we're not on stream, but the not, not to say like you buy a card and you're like, I'm out at this price, but there, there does have to be a point where you're like, I'm out on this price. And I think what a lot of people struggle with when they do that is I'm going to buy this card for $10 and they get an offer for 13 or 15. And they're like, but it could be 25. And it's like, that's when you lose. I mean, and you know what there happens? will be some that go to 25, maybe, but normally you never know it hits one. eight. Normally it hit it. It hits eight before it hits 25. <laughs> if it hits, right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's so rarely, unless like what I've noticed too when like trading cards or just, you know, even when it wasn't meant to be a trade, but like if you can project out the nugget or the the edge that nobody else sees, or you see at first. Like the hardest thing I was noticing this when I was buying some cards this morning. Like you actually want, there's like this nice thing that when you see somebody else buy it the minute before you or the minute after you, it's like this justification for, all right, I'm not alone. Somebody else sees it, cool. And it's like really hard, but the, the best trades or the best flips are when nobody else is doing it. And you're like, you, you did it off of a hunch. You know, you saw, like you said, the U23 goalkeeper in a week has an item game. But nobody sees it now because he's playing the worst matchup possible this weekend. And nobody wants him for the weekend. But you're like, I'm not here for the weekend. I'm here for next week. And I'll see you on Monday when you want my card. Um, like, that's that I think is this, the, the strategy. Like, we don't want a ton of people with us. Kind of what you're saying with Rossi in 42. You don't, you don't want that. You want to be like having your flip on the market when there are three other people, two of which don't have any intention to sell because their price is stupid. You go put a good price at tempt somebody and you, you get it done and then you move on to the next one. I think the other thing to consider is the longer your time frame is for when you think you're going to sell. Meaning like if you buy a U23 goalie who's a backup and you're like, he's going to be a starter next year somewhere or Fred you're waiting for an injury to the starter. There are things that can happen outside of SoRare that are completely out of our controls that will that can vastly affect the market, which is exactly what we saw. Like, so I made this this watch list in October, October twenty first. I thought these were cards that would be lower 
at some point, and then they would rise going into the season. So it's basically America and Asia players. So like we're talking about October, it's the end of the Asia season, the end, basically the end of MLS. And now there, granted, there are some players here like transfers and whatnot that, that affect things, but it's down huge. And normally what meaning normally what we saw in so rare is at the end of seasons, cards prices go down. And when they start going into the new season, they go up again. So I was like, Hey, here's a list. I literally, I think I just did how many players is this 51 players? I guess someone I couldn't drop off, but 51 players, they were probably just the top L15 or L40 guys. And it was like, Hey, these guys could be more in, in February because they're always more in February and nothing is more in February from now. Like it, everything is down and like a global recession helped cause that. So it's not like just so yeah. rare was going down. So you just have to realize that the longer that your time frame is, time frame is when trying to, I don't even want to call it flip, to sell a card. There right. are just other factors that can come into it that you just, you know what, players get hurt. Like you could have a U23 goalie. Hey, he finally, you know, looks like he's going to get the job and he, you know, tears his lab labrum or something. He's out for the season. And it's like, that's totally out of your control. And so I think generally for our purposes, our trading purposes, we're going to try to focus more on a shorter term, basically a shorter term outlook. And will we miss out on some upside? Yeah. But we think that that's basically the safer way to do it. Well, and if you're like, if you're trading, if you're like micro trading to start out, if you're five, $10 cards, the, the money, like, so my, my whole, when I did all this was just to get enough funds, not have to put my own personal, a ton of my own personal funds into the site to be able to play SO5 and play it competitively. Like, that's yep. why, like, when I started out flipping cards, that's what I was trying to do. It wasn't like to cash everything out and go on a trip. It was to, I want to play this game, but I also, there's some risks in this game at this point. I'd rather not have $50,000 in this site. I'd rather try to see if I can create create on my own. Um, so I, I kind of think if you're doing this type of thing too, you should kind of have a goal of what you're trying to do, which is not just the goal shouldn't be to make a lot of money. Like that's a crappy goal. I mean, it's a good goal, but like there's no baseline to it. Like the goal should be, I want to be able to make X number. So I could either be trading higher dollar cards where the margins are bigger or because I want to be able to not only trade on the side, but I'll start putting the SO5 lineups in and kind of diversify how I am utilizing so rare. It's like my goal is to make money or my goal is just to have fun. I can diversify my fun or diversify my ability to make more by doing multiple things. So, I mean, right. you know, look, I'll just say this, Powell, Powell trader, everybody's favorite. He's starting to crush it in SO5. And like, that wasn't like a thing for a while, but he also went, especially with Lister play. He's like, well, you know, I have all these uniques. I might as well unique, enter unique all-star. And I mean, that dude's hit multiple podiums from that. I mean, I remember, I, I, I know he's had other ones, but I mean, the dude, he won a uh, Dusan Tadic super rare. That was wild. Yeah. I like this. Joe Ducey said, so you're saying this series yeah, should I have an angle like SO5 or trading first to Messi. I, I will tell you this. If I do well enough, like there's, a, there's one glaring hole in my rare gallery and it is Messi sized. A lot of I would love sales to, to get to a Messi. What a do hell, you, of a, hell, hell of an end, though. Yeah, paperclip to Messi is what ZM Star said. Like 
Uh, I like this question from Germ because I think it's worth talking about. What about season long, and it doesn't need to be MLS, but season long MLS injuries at this time of season and market cycle like Nathan at San Jose, Jack Price in Colorado, or Eric Williamson at Portland. Williamson is like the saddest story of all of them. But what are your thoughts on buying guys like that who have been out? I know Jack Price was a, one of your guys at some point. I saw the super rare. Thanks for the reminder. Um, <laughs> Should I bring up the Orsich never, comment that somebody else made? Or <laughs> uh, I, I saw it too. Just just stay away from my super rares and anybody in PSU fans gallery because they're going to go to Saudi. But um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of the injury one. There's too many yeah. stuff that comes up. Now, now, can I say the injury one I love, if we want to go strategy two, was Brad Guzan. That injury thing, I think, was like one of the more opportune trading times. Uh, it was a little bit long, but like if you, look, if you break down like what happened with him. So he gets hurt. The dude plays the whole game, finishes the whole game on what was it, a torn meniscus or torn MCL? Something is neat, right? The team comes out afterwards, says eight to 12 weeks. And somehow Twitter decides, or X, or whatever the hell that that's called now. Um, it was Twitter then. Decides, yeah, it was Twitter then. But Twitter decides, multiple people, he's played his last game. He's done. And you just start seeing the sell-off, people tweeting out, I'm out with him, I'm done. And he's back in six weeks. And uh, now he's not really back because he's terrible. Well, <laughs> yeah. If you were like, anything's better than nothing, you're actually wrong about that because literally nothing would make me feel better. Joe Ducey said Achilles. I thought the Achilles was last year. That was last kept him year. Out for so yeah. long. But I think the Achilles yeah, this one, I think the Achilles but, is the reason but, why people thought he was done now because they were like, this is another injury for a 38-year-old guy. Like, he's obviously done. And there really wasn't any indication that like his career was over. But I it mean, was just speculation. But like, I mean, I ended up getting a super rare. For at that time, for point, I won't like, let's dollar figure. Let's just, yeah, but let's say it was probably like 160 bucks and then sold it for five times that uh, a month and a half later. Um, like unintentionally. Um, like I, I wasn't going into this going, I'm going to make a ton. It was like, hey, I just, here's a chance at a cheap, super rare goalkeeper that could really help my gallery. Um, so I think moments like that, those like misinformation, I think is a really good flipping strategy. And I've seen this a few times. Uh, I, Guzan's the most obvious example I can think of. Um, what's another one? I mean, we've had ones where I've literally been in chats as the game goes on and like somebody gets hurt. Like I distinctively remember because it was black and I, I don't mind shouting out black on this for our idiocy, but uh, Andre Blake, I think it was like playing NYC. He like ran into his shoulder, ran into the post or something like this. And the dude is like down hurting multiple medics on the field, including the guy that gets a red card later in the year. That dude's a hero. I don't know if you know the, the, the jacked yeah. Philly guy. Anyhow, um, and you all of a sudden start seeing people selling off, thinking that his season is over. And then he gets up. Yeah. <laughs> Is the Undertaker game. So, like, I mean, I think that there's some there's some viability in that if you're watching a game too. But like, actually, you you see a goalkeeper. Like, here's another one. Here's a good one. I I know this isn't going to help the comment of being on your phone, but you're watching a game, and the guy gets hurt. And like, what was the one? Who was what was the surface spot? The unique when it happened. Who was the dude last year for um, Leipzig that tore his knee? 
Yeah, the goalie, uh, uh, Galashi. Yeah, Galashi. Yeah. And, and Giannis Blasovic. A lot of people – and he ended up being starting the whole season, if yeah. I remember right. So, I mean, that would have been an opportunity, and you could have either used a Blazwich or you could have sold him. But if you were watching, you had a chance to double or triple your money. That was the – I feel like that is such a clear example of when you would have, like, bought it and you were like, I'm going to flip this. And you're like, actually, that's a, that could be really useful. That could be oh, – I was threshold. looking that for a, a champion. Yeah, whatever. You know, you know what the worst part, Leonard, is on that one? You're like – God, he's a zero L15 next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could get, I could nail that threshold. Another excellent question from Malky here. What sort of percentage of your capital would you recommend for trading if you want to play a bit of SO52? And what max percentage of your capital per card? Keith, I have an answer to this, but you look like you were ready to answer. So I'll let you go first. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna defer. I'm gonna defer to you, and then I'll. Get it depends. Answer. It has nothing to yeah. do with us. I think using a specific percentage is. I think bad. I don't think it's necessarily bad, but I think it's. It depends on your own risk tolerance, how much you actually want to focus on the trading. Like I wouldn't say use eighty percent of your of your capital on trading if you can only allocate five percent of the effort it takes to do it. And so it really depends on everyone. This, I feel like this was a question that came up a lot in DFS. It kind of applies yeah. to poker as well. Like cash how much do you GPT. use for cash games? How much? Do, and yes. it really depends on how you want to play. And I mean, if I told you a hundred percent and don't play SO5, then I mean, you're, but that's so, sort of what we're trying to prove. That's what we're trying to figure out. Should we? So I'll just say this. If you really enjoy SO5, like don't kill the game and don't kill your fun. So like I would buy a team that you were like enjoying, like if it's going to be your gas team or, you know, it should be gas with some depth, like you and Sean talked about yesterday, but um, you know, maybe buy your team, buy your gallery to an extent, see how much money is left over and just go, I'm going to trade the rest of this money to upgrade my SO5 lineup. Like that's probably how I would try to attack it. Yeah. I would almost look at it more in terms of how much you're trying to make as opposed to how much of your current budget. Like if you're like, I could really use $500 to get whatever, better card that you want. Well, what's the realistic out, like what's a realistic path for you trading your way to $500 and is that reasonable? And if it's unreasonable, then you come up with a new plan. And if it's reasonable, then you have to be like, all right, well, I'm going to need $300 to then turn into 800 or I'm going to need a thousand to turn into 1500. Like there's, I think you need to actually think about how you're going to trade and how much you're making on each one before you, yeah, Germ says it here. What's the end goal and reverse engineer? Thank you. It, exactly. Well said. Yeah. Sherman uh, is a chat legend. Shout yeah, out to Yeah, total legend. Uh, Kubusaki said, flipping is so good. Started exactly a year ago with 10 euros and now I have about 400. Yeah. There you go. I might be hitting you up after the fact. I feel yeah. like I got to get some rust off. Yeah. It's not um, easy, though. Not easy. Is trading easier rare than limited? No. The margins are better. But you have more of a market as a limited. Yeah, I think it it depends what you think what you consider easier. I think it's easier, it's, like there's more liquidity in limited. Right. Yeah. But and there's more risk. There's also more liquidity, too, so which means more sellers, which means prices can get undercut faster. And so who knows? Yeah. Um, can we? I know we're running short on time. Can we talk about like leave one more like big strategy, which is really pick score flipping. 
Yes. Or do you want so, to? So I want to hit on that one because we, we've talked, we've had the time hog ones. And then we have the one that you literally you can do at the start of almost any game week, or you can plan out ahead of time. Yeah. So it is Tuesday. I think we're normally going to do the show on Wednesday, but Tuesday, if you go to the weekend game week, you can see here it defaults to all-star limited and forward. But if you just use all of the positions, you basically can see the players who have the top pick scores of the week. Now, we talked about this previously in terms of, you know, like scouting through pick scores that these can change throughout the week. As you'll see, like, this guy already has a projected line. Oh, the, so like the line of projections aren't 100%. But when people start looking for cards towards the end of the week or, you know, okay. near the game week deadline, a lot of people come to this page and they're like, what's the cheapest top guy? And if you can get these guys before people start looking, I don't know how, I don't think the margins are that big. And like some of these players are already pretty expensive. Hugo Kuypers, Marvin Vonitzek, uh, Joseph, uh, Joseph Sutalo, Gustav Isaacson. Like these are not expensive players, but the more you go down the list, you might be able to see some like potential players that people later in the week are like, man, I could really use whatever. And you could just go from there. And trade trade so, off of this basically a Tuesday to Thursday Friday trading strategy. So here would be two things I have because this is what I started doing this morning to try to like figure out like what my strategy is going to be. One, I think where I am going to focus. So we're actually going to like go and like my actual strategy here, Larry. I'd love to hear if you've actually thought about it or if you're putting it together as we go. But uh, I really like for pure trading. I actually like using the cap 240 pick scores. I was going to, I, I had a feeling you were going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I think threshold gets a ton of the attention and low L 15s. Um, you know, I feel like, I feel like I have so many different conversations with random people and they'll be like, Oh, well, I can use them in cap mode or I can use them here. Like that's always like our, uh, our afterthought. I can always use them in threshold. Um, so I think that's a really good place to be at, knowing that people want to sure. do do cap and like that's that's the, an easy way, like you know SO five. That's a good way to get your return. Um, so if you can kind of get some of these guys early, especially the dudes that just stick stick out, you know, again if you're just a micro budget, but you find a buck fifty guy and you can make him three dollars, it's a good start. But I do think that the the earlier in the week you do this, the more research you need to do on top of it because of the the lineups being out. I really like um, my first look. I mentioned this last week, but I really like starting out on. Um, let me make sure I get the. I switched my screen. Um, I like matchups. I like starting with matchups. I like you know I'm I'm an old fart, so I like writing down like the top ten favorites. Mm-hmm. And just knowing like those top 10 teams that could absolutely crush. And, you know, then all of a sudden, if I see them intersect on the pick scores on the cap 240 or some of the low cap, I'm just like, I'm buying. Like Daniel Munoz was a guy, like I tried to like make some margin and I got literally, I saw like five or six Daniel Munoz just sell this morning when I was trying to like get one for a couple bucks cheaper. But that's a guy that I bet by the end of the week is up 30, 35% because he's coming off of 100. 
He's going to play this midweek. He might actually smash this midweek because Genka's like minus 200 at home. And then they play Yupin, who if you remember us a couple, like a month ago, we thought Yupin got relegated. <laughs> and your boy, Nicholas Madsen, just dropped the 98 on them. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Genk should actually smash this weekend. Celtic is going to smash this weekend. I don't know Celtic well enough to feel good. I started trying to figure out who their center backs were, and I'm like, oh, dear God. And then I know that Celtic's one of those teams that there are so many smart people out there that have a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, ah, maybe I should just stay away. But Salzburg's going to smash. Um, Copenhagen, there's some guys out there. I, I brought in a Diego Gonclaves already yeah. on their PK, on all their set pieces. I think he'll go up. He was only like 25 bucks. Um, you know, it should be interesting if like Leicester, I know Rapid Veen is going to, I tried to get their U23 goalkeeper, but I cheaped out and almost all of them that I sent offers on, I got, got that notification. Your offer has been canceled, accepted another offer. So, but like that, that U23 keeper from them is like 40 bucks. Heidel. Oh yeah. yeah, Yep. Yeah, yeah. But that's really cheap for a U23 guy that has like two more years of utility He's on like a 41, so he's going to fit cap mode for people that just want him for a cap. He has U23. I'm like, okay, that could be a guy that I could flip. Hmm. Go to his limit. Let's see if it's started up. Not really. But I'm trying to get an under all those. <laughs> from, you know, um, somebody mentioned like the, the 5%. Yeah, we mentioned this sort of show. Like that's the hardest part of the flipping where you need to look for the right opportunities because you have to beat that 5%. Um, you know, what you want to call it, tax. Um, uh, I call it um, a rake. You know, yeah. kind of like poker and DFS. I just call it a rake. Uh, that's a great question, Blue Tomatoes. I'm not good enough at this yet. I used to be really good at this. I will be better in two weeks at this. Um, I think I, I just need to familiarize myself with the market again um, on terms of like Blue Tomatoes, what margin would you expect with Heidel? Um, you know, just looking at some of the other U23 guys, I thought he should be like 50, 60 bucks um, versus what he was at, which is like 45. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, there's like 15 bucks there. There's not much, but, you know, when you're trying to start, you know, anything is good. Like just, I think one of the things I want to target most with the guys I do is just guys I know are going to sell. Like come hell or high water, I'm going to sell. I think if you go too far off the beaten path on some of these guys that nobody's ever heard of, you might not have a market for them. Yeah, I, I've talked about this before pre, on like different shows, but there it, it is kind of a weird thing when it comes to players that don't have a lot of cards or that people don't know that they just become harder to sell because like people don't people don't know them, so they don't want them and they don't look for them, and so you're kind of left with this like I have this really good differential. He's like, but like nobody nobody cares. Can I do one? I want to. I know we're running short time. One other note I want to say, because this is like very, very different in Lister play world than like when, you know, you try to flip before one of the greatest flip strategies before and that you could still use was play the guy, know he's going to smash, have him on the market during the game. Then he smashes and somebody buys it. Well, there's a lot less on the market now. So if you can just go ahead and you go, this is a flip. I'm not playing it. Even if it's five minutes before the deadline, and he hasn't sold yet, don't all of a sudden delist and then go play him in a, in a lineup that's going to die um, or like a shit lineup for my French. But like just, you know, one that you just know has no upside. Yeah. Because when he does smash, look at Nicholas. I mean, if you want to do one more graph, look at Nicholas Madsen during the game as he's starting to smash, especially after he takes the PK. This is a guy that 
The only reason anybody knew who Nicholas Madsen was is because Laird got on a couple of his pods and sometimes was a little bit tilted. <laughs> but, like, look at that graph. Mm-hmm. And I bet you that's Saturday. Is the day you go up, is that Saturday? Um, yes. Yeah, it's Saturday because he – I bought him at halftime and I sent Laird a thing. I lost his super rare because I'm cheap. But um, I uh, – he was on like 55 at halftime. He was on like 20 AA. He was taking all the set pieces. I'm like, gosh, darn it. He's that this might be the guy, you know, Laird was like, when he won him, he's like, okay, he kind of scores really well when he plays mm-hmm. um, or when he has set pieces. And that kind of all opened up. Uh, now the Cooper, I, I know I said that wrong. Uh, the Kuiper Kuiper, is, yeah. yeah, is moved on. So all the set pieces look like they're his. Yeah. So like, if you would have just not played him, Let's say that you're like Nicholas Madsen, away to Yupin. He's really cheap. I know if he's a has the role I think he's going to have, he's going to crush. Laird, I listened back to our show. You actually mentioned him when you were making a little mini cap 240 limited team. So you were early. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all that being said, if you would have been able to wait till during the game and list them, you would have sold. And you would have not had much competition. I'll only make everyone hesitate a little bit because his next two games are – uh, against Bruges and Ghent. Home. Home. And then he's away to Anderlecht. So, yeah. But they're home. Yes. I mean, I mean, hopefully you sold him at that point, right? Not just bought him like I did in halftime. I didn't buy any of them. Uh, all right. Do we, do we want to pretend that we talked about an SO5 strategy for the other side of this uh, competition we have? I think we did last week. I mean, we, we, we didn't know we were going to do this, but we did the preamble last week. Would be my thought. We did put together a team that was, you know, without a zero, we would have won a card. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was more the, like, do we want, did we want to talk about, like, what competitions we were going to focus on or. Yeah, we can just feel like we're I mean, at least starting all I mean, I mean, so, so, so rare. That just made me laugh. We were running short on time. 15 minutes TED talk. <laughs> we got 15 more. But yeah, let's, let's just do that real quick. I, I have a few minutes. So go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's more just like. We're, let's pretend we are starting out. What are we going to enter? Like, do you think All Star uh, is where we should start? Depends on your budget. It's our budget. What do we want to do? I know. I'm going. So I guess we also didn't decide. You said we were talking about this on the show. If we're going to just be a flip side, or if we're both going to just kind of do flip and both. play. I kind of want to do both personally. Flip and play. All right. But then we can still compare. We can do our sheets and see which one is doing more. And then just see, of course, because I want to compete, um, see who's better at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just tell you, so no but yeah, I mean, I think running long. So it's actually true. When I listen, like, I love nothing more than a longer one because these are some of my favorite shows. Uh, everything the Sober Day does, I love, I absolutely love the shows. But um, yeah, I, I want to play. My, my thought is I'm playing All Star limited every week and then i'm playing uh cap 240 and then potentially depending on like where it's looking at it then i'm gonna go to cap 270 but it actually might be or any regional depend i'm not doing any regionals hmm. you I, I didn't want to no <laughs> i was actually just talking to somebody before this they were like i think i might give up the regionals i was like no i get it no thanks i yeah, wish I there was like a Cap 320. Oh, that would be I, so I basically cool. just want all-star is really what I want. But 
Well, um, and specifically with limiteds too, um, in both Cap 242 70, you can win scarcity up. True. Which not only, you know, positive, you know, air quote positive for progression, but, you know, just positive in terms of the value of the card. And so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Malky's saying if we're trading for cat modes, we should do the same for SO5. I don't necessarily think we're only trading for cat modes. Like, I think we we just had a 68 minute conversation about trading and we still don't have like a defined trading strategy other than like, because there's so buy, many, we're going to sell higher. So I think we're just both going to be on very, very, very short term um, yeah. on the flip. Um, and, you know, sometimes with that is just, even if it's not the offer you wanted, but you made some money on it and you're not getting a lot of offers on the card, just take it and move on to the next one. Because maybe that wasn't the best buy. Yeah. Um, I do think that the, the only kind of benefit to both of us doing both is if we do end up with players that like we buy and we're like, we think they're going to go up and they don't. We can play we them. Play. Yeah, yeah, you could play them. Um, yeah, which I think is a big, which I think is smart. But like, you know, when I'm looking at, SO, I was just mentioning this too for like SO5 strategy side too. Um, because ultimately, like with both SO5 and trading, we're very focused on the values and, you know, making the gallery value or our yields go up here. Um, I'm not going to be buying like America or Asia cards. Um, I might actually, mm. I, I was very stern in that until I heard it out loud and I didn't like it as much because That's of the I, value. <laughs> I think I, I'll say, I, I don't see myself buying any America or Asia cards to flip. Right. No, I think that that's right. Um, as I, as I bought four Rossi's. But you sold one already, two, down to three. I, I mean, the rarest, the rarest to play. So, um, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, but like, I don't know. We'll see. The, the mean, whole point I mean, also, of this show now is to like see what we do and talk about what we did, what we did, and hopefully celebrate more than we lament. So here's the craziest thing too is like the first guy I picked up because he's just not expensive enough. Like Reynoso Limited is thirty eight bucks. Like Gill Limited is seventy five bucks, and then Image, who is on a similar pair of page, is three hundred and four dollars. <laughs> Seems high. I mean, or does or is Reynosa just stupidly low? I think we both agree that he is. He is for sure, but I mean, you know, those are the type of things that, from a, like from a trading strategy, I would not do Reynoso because I don't think that there's going to be a run on demand on America cards. But for SO5, getting that type of score for that price is really good. You know, who is a similar player to Carlos Heel, who is cheaper than Heel and uh, Reynoso and Kimmich? Who's that? Christopher Olsen from Midgeland. I can see that. No, I, he doesn't like not taking a lot of sets right now. Um, I, I watched a few sets. Okay. All but you're right. 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 The dude smashes even without 100% of the sets. This is true. I mean, but those are like the type of players I think both of us are going to try to make hay with. Is not like so far off the beaten track. But yeah, Blue Tomatoes, you know. 
I think the I think Sora Data has made Marvin famous at this point, so he's no longer overlooked. I will but, say that I think Olsen's run is currently like unsustainable, so you're probably buying at peak scores right now. The anyway, but. but the good news is that if you did buy the peak, at least you know if you wanted to flip him over to more of like a of an SO5 type of player, you've got a ton of utility coming. So you know, it only takes one podium to make up for you know potentially bad buy. Man, Olsen has three similar players on Sora Data. Carlos Heel, Ryan Gold, and Bruno Fernandez. What a group. Can you um just just for mention too on this, because I love similar players, but one thing if you want like the whole group is to turn off that same age filter. And you can oh. get like people that and then you had Tiago Almada and some guy in Saudi Arabia. Some guy that in a year from now we will know. <laughs> oh, these yeah, are, we'll oh, it's these awesome. are uh, no. Champions League games. Yeah. Salem Al Dawsari. Hmm. Unfamiliar with him myself. But anyway. All right. We'll cut it off there. We're good. Thank you to everybody for joining us. As a reminder, if you want to enter for a free one month star membership of So Rare Data, Please leave a comment in the video below, not in the live chat. Thank you to everybody here's live. But in the comment below, if you're listening on any of your listening platforms or watching on Spotify, go to YouTube, find this video, and leave a comment with your favorite story data feature that will enter you into the raffle for uh, a free one month. And we plan on doing something like that every week. So every week, we would like to give away one month star membership so more people can take advantage of all the tools that we show uh, during the show. Um, I'm off next week, so I actually don't know how we're going to figure this out. I didn't, I literally realized it like as I was saying all of this stuff in terms of we'll see you next week, but we'll take care of everything. Um, Keith and I are going to start doing some of these things. Like we're going to start buying players to flip, we're going to buy cards to play in SO5. And so theoretically, you could track it. Uh, what we're doing, but we are going to talk about it on the show every week and say, I think this worked. This is why it didn't work. This is why it worked and all of that stuff so that you guys can keep up uh, with that. If there are any things that you want us to touch on that kind of fall outside of that, definitely just leave a comment. Hit me up on Twitter at Andrew M. Laird and we'll happy, happily talk about uh, anything because it's so rare and that's that's just what we do. Keith, good luck. I think we're going to need it, but... I'm excited for, for sure. this. I'm excited. I so thank you, everybody, and good luck.